Hey everybody, this is Chad with I Want to Know. I'm here today with a new friend, Bruce Sweeney, the uh, founder of Simply for Life. Uh, it's an organization across Canada. You can find them probably anywhere in your local city. Hey Bruce, how's it going? The very best, Chad. Thanks and foremost for this opportunity and um, hello everybody. Awesome. So, Bruce, I understand that this uh, you started this out of your basement. Uh, maybe <laughs> tell everybody a little bit about Simply for Life and what they do. Yeah, well, first and foremost, this is a personal quest for myself. I was diagnosed very early in my uh, stage in life with cardiovascular disease. I grew up in the environment of obesity, cardiovascular disease, and diabetes. And uh, I became obsessed with how to live longer and have a better quality of life. You have to understand, Chad... Seven out of 10 family members pass away of cardiovascular disease before 48. Wow. We have 11 amputations in our family due to diabetes, and two are blind wow. due to diabetes. So I'm at the forefront of the full epidemic of lifestyle dysfunction, so forth, so yeah. on. And early on in life, I just, I just felt that there had to be a better way out there. Yep. So, and you can only imagine back in those days, you going, going to school, I come from a very poor background. We didn't access to information like we have today, right in a tablet of our hands. We had right. to really seek the information. Yep. And as much, and I'm sure we'll check later on, it was uh, still conflicting back then, but it was so much ignorance on nutrition. Those are the days, we still have some, those are the days you could st sell the classic snake oil to anybody because right. nobody right, was right. really well educated, right? <laughs> yeah. So, Yeah. Everyone still sort of believed in the, the Canadian food guide back then, right? Like load up <laughs> on grains and breads and pastas and then, you know, get a little bit of fruit and vegetables in there and some dairy. So it, it's, uh, it, as we talked before the podcast, uh, diets are very controversial. It's, it's, first of all, diet is very boring. And, <laughs> and I'm saying this, I have four nutritional degree. I study dietetics, study as a holistic nutritionist. As an integrative nutritionist, also through the Tucson uh, Center of Integrative Medicine, and I became a naturopath. So uh, it's a mouthful, but the reality is that it's, it's they made nutrition conflicting and confusing and boring. So the market right now, because the market has got us exactly where they want to, because people are saying, what the heck, right? Yeah. He says this, he says that. Doesn't matter. I'm going to get cancer anyhow. We need to change that form of thinking. Yes. Because we can have a good quality of life. I agree. It's not about longevity. It's about the length of health, right? Trying Bingo. to, uh, one of my goals, and everyone's sure is hurt, tired of hearing me say this, is to be an active and healthy grandfather. So I've got two <laughs> kids that are teenagers. And if I want to be an active and healthy grandfather, I have to do it now. Yep. And uh, so, you know, with Nicole working for you, my wife, um, <laughs> uh, with her degree, we're, we're moving in that direction very, very quickly. And it's not that hard. I have arguments with people all the time where they say, you know, uh, living healthy is expensive. I'm like, it's not that expensive. I feed a family of four for like 1200 bucks and we eat awesome, like amazing food wow. all the time. And so you, I can't see people doing that with, with garbage and getting a good end result. Like you have to make a choice. Well, first and foremost, I totally agree with you. But the, the fact, again, talking about conflicting, when you look at the average family, some of them, they... They're told that they have to ha buy specific meat, specific organic products, and you don't mm -hmm. have to eat organic all the time. Yeah. But one thing I will assure you, one analogy I've always used with my clients, Chad, is this. If you wait too late for your health, it's pretty much comparable to finance. It's like you and I saying, you know what, at 65, we're going to start saving for retirement. <laughs> right. It, you can have some great financial advisors. They'll work with you. They'll be striking their heads. 
But if you start now, most likely you'll be able to enjoy your retirement at 60 or 65. Right. And same thing comes with your, your health. The earlier you start making those tiny footsteps, yeah. the better you're going to be moving in the right direction of having a quality of life. 100%. And the message I think that the problem has is everybody's trying for perfection. Listen, you're talking to the guy with the most imperfection there is in Canada. <laughs> You know, and I strive on that. I'm really proud of that because I have few qualities. I remain true to my qualities, but the reality is that <clears throat> I'm the process of starting changing one little thing at a time. Right. And if you trust the process, just like you and I in martial arts, if we start today, no black belt or not, well, we're not going to have a black belt in two weeks, but we stick with the process. Right. Unlike you, I was not a technician. It took me time. Well, we can always get there. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the big thing right now is that people talk about diets as if uh, they're their ideology, right? Like if you're <laughs> vegan, everyone has to be vegan and you don't understand. And this is the only way people should live. And you're like, oh, come on. Like it can't be for everybody. Seven billion people on the planet. You can't be ideologically um, partnered with some form of diet. Like even vegans, which, which can be very, very healthy, um, there may come a time in their life where they may need better proteins and have to make that change. And for what I understand, a big portion of them do. So how do you suggest people start digging through um, this mess of all these different diets and what's right for the individual? Well, at Simply for Life, and not to, to, to throw in Simply for Life in this, we're really dungeonmental. Don we have naturopath, holistic nutritionists, uh, dietitians working with us. Our core value is to introduce people to whole food. And I've been saying it for 17 years now. So I, I come from being an ex-vegetarian, and I was vegetarian for two and a half years and a vegan for six months. So I can give an honest opinion. Yeah. And there's remarkable re results you get from being a vegetarian or vegan, but it's not necessarily the right cup of tea for everybody. Right. You know, I come from a school of thought that I don't believe in low carbs, high carbs, even though we'll educate our clients on it. I just believe in eating whole food. And, you know, the point I'm trying to make here is that I'm one of the only person in Canada, and I say this in a humble way, who's tremendously researched the Mediterranean diet. I've researched 42 countries, and I spent close to a year on the island of Crete, where it's the stellar region of the Mediterranean diet. And my observation like this, think about this chat. On the island when I was there, and that's what changed everything because I was obsessed with how to live longer with my heart condition. Yeah. So when I start seeing the people on the island, 740,000 inhabitants, and the pharmacies are the size of this room. It's a little 10 by 10 room. Yes. And the reality is that if you go to those pharmacies and ask for a better blocker, antidepressant, or insulin, they still don't carry it. To this day, I was there four months ago. Wow. So you have to fill up a form, and it takes 48 hours to get on the island. It gets better in this chat. The people on the island during the winter months, 740,000 people, yeah. there's no cardiologist. What does that tell you? That's the population. <laughs> there's no heart disease. Yes. But they get a cardiologist who I've met in May, who gets there from May to October for the tourists, because they have about over 1.2 million tourists. He's from London, England. Yeah. He comes, spends his summer, and he's there as a cardiologist for the tourists. Think about this. <laughs> that is unbelievable. And you won't see any Simply for Life. You won't see any bruise there. You're just going to go talk to a grandmother who's preserved their traditional ways of eating. Yeah. And they don't eat low carbs, high carbs. They don't, lead, they don't count calories. They don't judge whether you're a vegetarian or not. They just eat real food, yeah. and they know where it's coming from. So beyond that, they had an amazing 
relationship with our planet also. Not yeah. to sound too uh, uh, cliche, but they really respect the environment. Right. So when you start having people that are really ground with their environment, knowing where their food is coming from, well, you get to meet people that are 95 and are still bicycling and working their garden. That's you know? my goal. Uh, yeah, and, and think about it. Here in Canada, we pride ourselves. Well, lately, I was into a kind of a French debate and a very great French debate. And I love those debates. You can argue, but you can respect each other. Yes. And my uh, my argument with uh, one of the physicians, and he kind of turned around, and I was not surprised. I thought he was going to bite a little bit harder. And I said, yes, we're saying, we're bragging that in Canada, we've extend our life expectancy by 1.2 years according to his results. Okay. I said, but now we have a poor quality of life starting at the age of 42. <sighs> at the mercy of the pharmaceutical industry, really great business. If you want to invest in stocks, you can never go wrong in stocks in pharmaceutical industry. I don't invest in those stocks. <laughs> but that tells you the, li- the world we live in. So we need need to have those dialogues to have open conversation and be authentic of what is going on. And I'm telling you, I'm telling everybody, if it was to be done today, I would not even go to school or educate myself. I would go live with a great grandmother, learn how they eat and reintroduce this because of everybody listening right now, find me someone three generations ago that had issue with diabetes, cardiovascular disease, blood pressure, and all the chronic disease. And I'm not yeah. saying that we were living in a perfect world. I'm saying that those disease has been manifesting and exploding the last 40 or 50 years. Yeah. And look at all the trends we're in, right? Right, yeah. The uh, the one thing I was thinking about as you, were, as you were talking there was a lot of people will say, like, eat for the area you're in. I can't remember what that's called, like a paleo type. Yeah, the 100-mile uh, diet also. Right, so bringing in a Mediterranean diet over to a country <laughs> that, you know, we're freezing cold six months of the year. Yeah. How do you find you know, is there is there any validity in eating of the stuff where you you know the the local stuff? One hundred and ten percent. First, I, I got a, a retro. When I first came to Greece, I was on the island of Crete. I came back to Canada thinking I was going to change everybody in a month. Yeah. Well, I had a hard time <laughs> changing one person in one month, and my family are still in denial with me. Yeah. But that being said, is that I truly believe that in Canada was a point in time we were extremely healthy. Also. Yeah. And we just got to look at what we can have as a culture for food. Now, the food industry has changed tremendously. Yeah. You know, there was a point in time, you and I, it was a luxury. And I'm sure you remembered this. It was a luxury uh, when we were young to have an apple, orange, a banana for Christmas for fruits. Yeah. Now we can have an abundance of fruits and vegetables year round. So the game has changed. <clears throat> so it's more feasible and doable to do all these different type of diets out there. The problem is that we get more confused. And to get to your question, it's totally doable because the food industry, and if you want to read a really good book, read Marion Nestle, Food Politics. And I'm a kind of a geek when it comes to food politics. Uh, I also study very, very much the stock market. Everything's related to the food industry. You'd be amazed on the shift that's going on right now, influenced by shareholders. It's very sad, and mm. nobody looks at that avenue. But let me tell you something. When you look at the uh, food system we're at right now, just look at the, the, the slogan that was really, really popular in the 50s and 60s. They were saying, eat more fruits and vegetables. Well, in the 50s and 60s, the range of profit was about 122% on fruits. 
So they start advertising eat more fruits and vegetables. And I'm not saying not to eat fruits, so forth, so on. I'm just saying the influence we had over the years. And now we have a belief that we have to eat more fruits and vegetables. It should be eat more vegetables and fruits. Yeah. If it was 30 years ago, I would still go with eat more fruits and vegetables because we needed more quality sugars and carbohydrates. Right now, you might think I'm an active person. I exercise six times a week, but I'm on my butt, excuse the language, in front of a screen doing research most of the day. Yeah. So even though I'm active at the gym, I do a little bit of yoga, cardio, I sit for eight to 12 hours of the day. So I don't need as much fuel, fuel as I used to. And we need to integrate this. This chat is pretty much like when I compare finance, it would be like saying you don't have a luxury car anyhow, you just live in an apartment, nothing wrong with that. So you don't need to work overtime and work seven days per week. Right. So our demand for energy has went down. The problem is that you have these expert advisors and nutrition out there that are really brilliant mind, and they know how to twist things around. Mm -hmm. So all of a sudden, they'll say, cut all the carbs, cut all the fat, or eat all fats, and then people are seeing results because anytime you're going to make a dramatic shift and cut junk food, doesn't matter which program you do, you're going to have results. Right. The question is, how long can you maintain those results for? Yeah. The... That's a very good point because I know in the last two years I've tried a bunch of diets, tried vegetarian, tried vegan, I tried um, uh, carnivore diets, um, a couple of them just to see what they would do and what they would feel like. Um, honestly, none of them were that good for me. I was tired and listless on the uh, vegetarian and vegan diet. On the carnivore diet, I was gaining weight like crazy. <laughs> I hit my peak at like 210. And wow. yeah, like it, it was not a comfortable place to be. Yeah. And it was all based off of research. Like, oh, this is really working for this type of person. Yep. I'm going to try it. And so kind of the point of this is, uh, this is true in business as it is in life. If you can't measure it, you can't manage it. Bingo. And so when you're trying a diet... Measure everything. Are you losing weight? Are you gaining weight? Do you feel tired? Do you feel energetic? Whatever it is, start a little journal and 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 uh, measure all the stuff that's happening in your life, and then go, oh, this isn't working. You know, if you're falling asleep at six o'clock because you're on a vegetarian diet, might be time to give yourself some energy. Yes, and you know, I'm one of the few qualities I have is like I can dissect research pretty good. Uh, I'm, I'm always, I've been a geek at this all my life because I would tell you right now, and it's, it's a shameful to tell you, but right now, 78% of the research we have in nutrition is conflicting and there's influential data. You know, we have the government agency, the food industry, the pharmaceutical industry, and the supplement industry. Yeah. Plus on top of that, you put some key smart people like we are, and they have a way to twist words. So the research is it's very conflicting we have, and it come back to vegan. You know, I, I have friends that are vegan, but I also know people that are vegan junk food. They have all the chronic disease. Right. And for me, I was vegan. I tried for six months. My poor wife. You know what? <laughs> she got introduced to the Dutch oven many times because <laughs> I was so gassy. And I'm not trying to uh, yeah. hit hard on the vegans because there's wonderful vegan out there and some of my friends. But for me, vegan, the best way I can describe it, Chad, is like, you know when you go into a hot bath, yeah. the first half hour, it feels good. Yeah. And after an hour, you look like a prune. Yeah. Well, after six months, it didn't work for me. Yeah. And I will tell you that I had uh, 
farmers growing my crop of food. Everything was done 100% organic. I don't eat any junk food. Yeah. And for me, it was just not my cup of tea. Yeah. I, I've got friends that are vegans that are do very well. Yeah. They're healthy. They're fit. I'm sure they're going to live a long life short of getting hit by a bus or something. Um, and it's great for them. But you can't say that it's for everybody. You can't be you know, ideologically attached to a diet. And I, I will share this one. I had this unique experience. One thing with working with close to 18,000 people over uh, my life, I had really a, a privilege to share this experience because we have a lot of research, we have a lot of different opinions, and uh, even the conference I attend, some of the world-class conference I attend, uh, sometimes you're, you're leaving there and you're a little bit confused. But that being said, I had this couple who came to see me, and I can use their name because they're kind of our role model before and after a couple. She's uh, from Peru, uh, an avid marathon runner, like a very, very, uh, her body frame, you can see she's... Designed to run. Exactly. He's he's an Eskimo. He's an engineer in Point La Pro. And when they came, uh, he was borderline diabetic. And he was very confused because he was eating her vegetarian diet. Yeah. And right away, I was asking the questions. You know, many people in my field will tell me to eat healthy. But what's their definition of eating healthy? Because right. they have a salad a couple of times per week. They don't acknowledge the sugar to put in their coffee. They don't acknowledge the sweeteners they have and, you know, the drinks they have on the weekends. And I'm not judging anybody. I'm just making conversation. The reality is that she was truly eating a very good, well-balanced vegetarian diet. Yeah. But he's that... He has a gene makeup that he strives better on fats. Yeah. Well, that's the Eskimo background, right? Where did go- they grow vegetables? No, no they, they didn't have it. Yeah. 75% of diet. It was a ketogenic diet at best. Yeah. So I got him to tweak his carbohydrates. And I didn't want too aggressive, right? So we up his fat by 50% of his uh, right away. Not keto. Keto is 75%. And he was eating less carbs, fair amount of protein. And uh, Lord behold, he started responding. The blood glucose was going down. He was feeling better. He had uh, less lethargic. And oh, by the way, he was using metamorphin to, to start off. What's metamorphin? It, it helps manage your blood glucose. for. Okay. Uh, in New Brunswick, they say pre-diabetic, but it depends. If you go to Quebec, they'll say if you're insulin resistant or <laughs> if you go to Ontario. So let's just say it's well used for diabetes, right? Type 2. Yeah. But to make a long story short... Um, she also got on a trend of eating healthier fats because I'm a big advocate of omega-3s, omega-9, omega-7, monosaturated fat, the healthy fats. So what blew me away is that now this is an active, like much more active than I am. She gained four pounds her first month. Wow. So I'm saying, well, we shift not necessarily her protein, but we shift her fats. Let's just see another month. The second month, and this is the month that she was doing in a marathon, a marathon. She's gained another three pounds. Yeah. So we knew something was not right. It's a total of seven pounds. You can imagine at a petite frame like she was, yeah. it did affect her timing. And she was not happy with that. I was going to say, if you're running with an extra seven pounds, uh, that's a that's a bucket load of energy to carry. And this chat, this is an avid runner. She, she's got the experience. She knows her timing. Yeah. She's very well organized. So I felt like kind of guilty about this because, you know, I'm treating them as a couple. So I started retweaking our fats. Yeah. And it's one of the very few couples that they had to have different macronutrients. I'm talking protein, fats, and carbohydrates. To this day, he strive. He's eating about 70, at best, 75% of his total calorie or energy from fats. Yeah. 
and she's eating actually 75 to 80% of her, her calories from carbs. Wow. And it's all vegetarian a diet. And she they're both doing fantastic. Yeah, different lifestyles, different activities. Yeah. I was going to uh, ask you too about culture because Canada has a culture of um, you know, sitting around watching TV, like you said, there's there's a lot of us that are inactive and not healthy. And of course, everything you see on TV just whether you think you're believing it or not, you're believing it. Yep. Um, and and so, you know, I know cardiologists in Canada still believe in the uh, Canadian food guide. And we see this <laughs> stuff on TV all the time, right? Flashing pictures of breads and sandwiches and pastas and, you know, these uh, processed foods um, because there's better profit in them. That's why they're pushing them, right? They're making 200, 250% on, you know, Swanson's dinners where, you know, the grocery store is selling the vegetables probably aren't even close to that profit level, right? In fact, I think it's like really low, like 15, 20% kind of thing. I think to talk about cardiologists and cardiac surgeons, and by the way, sometimes it's funny because they don't clank together. As the ex-president of New Brunswick Heart Center, and I've worked, and I will say this with a humble, I don't believe, I mean, there's wonderful cardiologists, cardiac surgeons everywhere, and Kier, if you're hearing me, because Kier is now here in Edmonton <laughs> as another a, a fantastic uh, uh, cardiac uh, surgeon, but in St. John, we have one of the best team of cardiologists and cardiac surgeons, I would say, in North America. Okay. And everybody brags. I mean, New Brunswick, we don't have a whole lot of brag, except we're amazing people. Uh, the economy, we're not going to brag it. Uh, but that being said, I think the cardiologists, once you start understanding, and I'm not advocating for them, is that they've never been trained on nutrition. Right. It's impossible to be trained on nutrition, even if they want to, because... What they have to go through to become an expert in their field requires tremendous amount of time and dedication. These are amazing people and they're lifesavers people. But when I start my crusade to point the finger at my clients and say, listen, you need to take a stand. That's my area of expertise to educate you and give you valuable, authentic, truthful information. Your cardiologist, the information is giving you, it comes from a can of food guide that, first of all, it's been updated, needs to be updated again. And most of all, they have no training. So you're asking them the wrong questions, but they feel obligated because you're the patient. And when I look at the establishment, the College of Cardiologists, to this day, uh, it's not changing fast enough, but I would say of all the College of Medicine, it's the one making the best change right now, Chad. Awesome. They're the first one to recommend lifestyle. They're the first one to recommend exercise. They're the first one to recommend stop smoking and eat healthy, even though they know nothing about it. And we got to stop accusing them because I wouldn't want to be accused if today you would ask me to fix your computer and you expect I'm an IT guy, you would quickly discover that I'm not that smart. <laughs> but if you ask me question in the field I am, you'll be like, this guy is brilliant, right? right. So the cardiologists are in a position of strength if they really drop their ego. My observation, we have a lot of great cardiologists, but there's a lot of ego in that field. And I think they don't like to be told. And instead, we should have conversation and dialogue and say, hey, I have a gap here. How can we all work together? And in New Brunswick, we're doing that. We're doing a fantastic job. That's awesome. Because they're even changing. I remember when I was, think about this. The first week I was uh, president of New Brunswick Heart Center, you know what I said? I said, cut the margarine and let's introduce the butter. 
I almost give them a heart attack just by bringing <laughs> butter up, right? Yeah. But what I realize is that they needed more than to me to convince them. You know, I, I have the ability to convince people. I have the ability to work with people. But what I realize is that they need the information and they need the science. Yeah. So when I start speaking that language, they build the strength and momentum and they trust the process. Now in New Brunswick, they recommend butter. They recommend lard. They recommend not to go low-fat diet, right? Yeah. And I think that if, Everybody position themselves to ask the right questions. They want to have, they will have better answers. But if you want to know, this this goes to everybody listening right now. If your physician is ever giving you suggestion on nutrition, please don't accuse them. They're amazing people. Yes. They have a specialty. But if you feel it's not their position, it's very simple. Just say, Doctor Ferguson, uh, you're giving me nutritional advice. Seems like you know your nutrition. What are the nutrients in an apple? <laughs> now, everybody knows an apple. We grow apple everywhere. If they cannot answer this, right. would you get uh, winter tire installed on your car if you ask the mechanics, like, what kind of tire uh, should I put on? And he has no clue. Right. Right? Yeah. But don't accuse the mechanic. It might be one of the best DSO mechanic, right? I think I just think that we overload them with questions that they're not expert and they feel obligated to answer. There's, uh, I think it was Einstein that says, if you judge a fish by how well he can climb a tree, he'll always believe he's stupid. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. and, and I think that's that's the true case. But uh, part of the, the, the culture, not that I'm going to uh, bash doctors, because I love my doctor. She's coming on the podcast. And uh, I've met quite a few that are on this line. But a lot of doctors you go to, they figure they know everything. Or mm-hmm. not a lot. Some of them figure they know everything. And, and people aren't well-versed enough to ask the right questions. And that's what I uh, did for my mom, is that you know they just kept giving her more and more prescriptions and I watched her get sicker and sicker and sicker. Mm-hmm. So we sat down, we, um, we thought she was uh, overloaded with candida based on her diet and shape of her body and all that kind of stuff. So we went to her doctor and I explained candida and the anti-candida diet and the doctor, the GP literally looked at me and she goes, I, I don't know what you're talking about. Yep. Um, I said, okay. So she says, let me send you to a specialist. So they sent us to an endocrinologist. Got the exact same thing. Sat down with the endocrinologist, and this endocrinologist was actually really good. She has um, a full-time pharmacist in the office to help people make sure nice. they're not, yeah, and they're, they're working good, and they are working towards um, diet and fitness. So we said, listen, we're doing this to my mom. Do you have any objections? And I went over the whole diet, and she's like, no, let's see what happens. Three months later, my mom had lost 35 pounds. She had decreased all of her medications to the lowest dose she could for high blood pressure, for diabetes, um, <laughs> And she was feeling better. She's walking, you know, two to three kilometers a day. Um, You know, she has her little black slides, but she's getting back on the wagon again. And we went in to see the doctor after the three months, and the doctor was blown away. She goes, we should call this the anti-diabetic diet or the anti, (laughs) uh, you know, it just, it worked for everything for my mom. Mm -hmm. And so they were blown away. So hopefully we'll see doctors starting to look at that stuff and do a little bit more research. And I know they're... Their plates are full, just trying yep. to keep up on what they're required to keep up on. And then everything that's new is is difficult, to say the least. And there's a, a an industry controlling and tr- putting tremendous amount of pressure. And, you know, we have a, f- uh, a few doctors on some of our practice. And to be totally honest with you, I, I got to change my opinion. And, yes, some of them have egos, but there's a big slew of them that are wonderful. Yeah. And, Chad, it's no it's no different in our industry. I know a lot of nutritionists are totally corrupted because they'll sell magical pill for weight loss. 
and, and, and talk about this. I, I was, <clears throat> this one was a little bit more heated. So on the same uh, channel, we speak in French. So uh, a couple months ago, I started saying one of the best product for weight loss is our psyllium us. Yeah. Uh, it's not a magical, it's just fiber. If you use fiber in the right time of day, it will help you with weight loss, but you're not going to lose 20 tons of weight loss. <laughs> but I was saying it's far better than any fat burner zeros out there. Anyhow, the, the gentleman I was, he's an ex-kinesiologist, has a background in nutrition, so he, he knows his stuff, yeah. but he's a pure salesman. Uh, but it, it, it got a little intense because I said, I've been at this for a long time, and if you look at Consumer Report right now, from uh, respectively 1998 to 2012, there's been 3,100 plus new fat burners on the market in North America. Can wow. you name me one right now? They That's all come and go. That's a and lot. Yeah, think about it, Chad. If we would have found the perfect weight loss supplement, if I would, you and I could create that, we would have Bill Gates mopping <laughs> our floors. And I, I'm really serious, right? 100%. And I sell, we do have supplements. We do everything from whole food, but we do uh, sell supplements for ones that have nutritional deficiencies, so forth, so on. I get that. But if there was a magical pill, I'd use it to grow my hair. <laughs> and I don't have too much hair on my head. I'm still looking for that miracle. Still, I, I, listen, I'm still very much in tune with maybe they'll find a pill to grow my hair. But just like weight loss, we haven't found it. And I'm saying this, and everybody out there, if you're buying or you're using a fat burners right now, just ask yourself this question. The last two weeks, how much weight have you lost? Right. It's that simple. Yeah. You got to learn how to eat. <laughs> the truth of the matter is everything in life is revolves around hard work. Um, there, there's, there's no give me's, there's no easy no. way out ever that, you know, um, yeah, it's just a matter of putting in the hard work and you'll get the results every single time and measuring it, just measure like, yeah, if you take those pills, how do you feel on those pills? Maybe yep. they're going to affect your brain. Maybe you'll lose a bucket load of weight, but you'll be dumb all day. You know, yep. You're starving in your brain. So you got to look at, and honestly, we know the truth that the, the, the whole, um, natural foods are the ones that are going to get you where you need to be almost every single time. Well, your body has been pre-programmed for thousands of years and knows what to do with it. Yeah. And you think about it, the truth sounds appealing, those weight loss program, and guess what? I'm not here to disappoint anybody. Every weight loss program in the world works. Yeah. Question is, how long can you stay on it? Yeah. And at the end of the day, for me, I love to eat whole food because when I'm going to be 65 and 75 and 80, I don't want to be chasing anything. I just want to be eating whole food. Right. Because for me, eating whole food is a way to nourish my body so I can keep prevention out of the equa equation. Yeah. You know, I'm a firm believer in that. And maybe I'll have some bad luck, maybe not. But right now, things are working my way and I'm living it and I'm trusting the process. Well, and going back to the doctors a little bit, what you said there is when you do the right things and you don't rely on your doctor for a whole bunch, right? I go to my doctor twice you don't need a year <laughs> and I have an ear infection and when I do my, my yearly checkup. And But other than that, I really don't go that often. And even when I do, I just listen to the diagnosis and then I do a little bit of research myself. But again, do the hard work, do yep. the reading, look it up at a bunch of stuff, find out who's debating it, go listen to those, and then try it and measure it and move on. So yeah, absolutely. It's just about the whole foods for a length. I, I do want to ask you about, um, and I got permission beforehand, that you're investing or you own uh, something to do with cannabis. Yes, absolutely. Well, first of all, we invested in 61 companies as uh, investing stock investors. That's nothing serious. It's just uh, some companies that I'm, I'm a big, big believer. First and foremost, I'm going to be clear on this. 
I was not pro THC. Mm-hmm. I've my voice. I've always been CBD and the hemp plant. I've been a big uh, advocate of the hemp plant since the late nineties. Yeah. Chad, it was even worse. I remember when I tried for the first time to order hemp seeds, yeah. hemp seeds heart from Superstore. <laughs> the city of this is no BS. The city of KV reached out to me. Really. And think about it, misinformation from Superstore, okay? Yeah. Back then, they didn't have the health section, so we had to order green tea and stuff like that, to for them reaching out to the local department uh, uh, of officers, uh, the Quispamsis City Police. And luckily, I had a fair <laughs> amount of friends. And they were like, oh, no, Bruce, you know, we know you're very open about food, but I'm not too sure you're, you should be suggesting. I said, the hemp hearts. Yeah. They reduce inflammation. They're delicious. You can put them in cereals. No, Good protein. It, yeah, it's not you, not... you don't have THC. You're not going to get high on this, right? Yeah. And uh, I got to be clear on this because I'm going to answer your, your question in, in two different uh, uh, ways. I've been not a fan of THC, uh, I, and I got to be honest, for quite some time, just because of bad experience I've seen with some of uh, my friends, and I was not fully educated on it. Mm-hmm. And even though I was kind of ignorant, I was absolutely very well educated on CBD. Yeah. I, I Because... Uh, Dealing with chronic inflammation with my clients, uh, dealing with clients who have PTSD, anxiety, um, it was it was one of the holy grail. And I don't like to use this for some of those people, especially when they're using opioid and can rebound to something else. And that really enlightened me. I said, we can do better than that. So four years ago, I got involved with a couple of companies. And one of them that we're working right now... Um, to start producing our own CBD oil. And awesome. CBD oil will be in edibles. Well, right now, the edible is not going to be available. Middle of summer, they'll they'll be free is what I hear. Yeah, but with the election coming in, I think that the politician will not want to touch it and probably it's going to end up in the fall, right? Mm. I'm hoping, I'm hoping for yeah. next summer, trust me on that. Yeah. But let's just, let's just make sure that we don't have the element of surprise, right? Yeah. But as far as for CBD, I, I will tell you this hands-on, my personal experience. We fly a lot for business, work, research, and uh, when I go to, um, an obs- another obsession is all the different ethnicity and cultures in the world. Right. I just love, and when I visit them, I don't do the five-star hotel. I'm emerging myself with the farmers, the local uh, mom is a pop. Sometimes I'm barefoot, but I'm really living the culture, right? Yeah. And uh, it sounds good for me, but trust me, uh, I had the eyebrow from my wife a couple of times. <laughs> you know, when I say we're going to Costa Rica, her idea is going to the beach, but we're in the Nicola Peninsula in the middle of the village, right? Yeah. Like, okay. But she's, she's a good trooper. That being said, chat. What really changed me everything, and I will tell you this, why we went at the forefront with this. Claudin is an absolutely nervous flyer, severe anxiety. And um, we used to have her drink a glass of red wine or two before flying. Yeah. We're not heavy drinkers, but when you look at the flying we do, and if you do 100 flights per year, it's 100 glass of wine, right? Yeah. And three years ago, she ended up being allergic to any form of alcohol. Oh, wow. Severe, severe. She has her EpiPen, so we, we stopped drinking wine. Yeah. So I don't like to travel without my wife. We're like soulmates. My client and I, we travel everything. She's my business partner. She's my best friend, and I think you, you probably know this by now. Yeah. So business would have slowed down because I, I have a hard time separating myself and my wife. We just had just that amazing relationship. 
So we experienced uh, a couple of friends of mine, physicians, and one of them is a researcher. He says, well, try these CBD oil, and they're specific actually for anxiety and uh, stress. Well, she's been using those ever since for flying right now, uh, non-psychoactive. She can still work. And we had two weeks ago a flight from hell. In the last 15 years, our second worst flight. Wow. It took three hours. We're in in the Maritimes. We couldn't land in St. John, Fracton, Halifax because of the high winds when we arrive at 100 kilometers an hour. Finally, we'd had no choice to land in Moncton. And when I say the landing was rough, yeah. Clinton was still playing her games on her pad. And uh, I'm one, <laughs> like the big wet spot on your armpit, the back. You're trying to pretend you're cool, but your tense, <laughs> hands are tense, right? Yeah. Nothing cool about that. Yeah. So you cannot change my experience and my belief. And also, I'm at the forefront of working with people who has PTSD, yeah. individual who has chronic inflammation and pain. And if you talk to me, I'm very, very sensitive to certain painkillers out there because, yeah. again, I've lost some wonderful patients. Oxycontins and fentanyls and... Uh, yeah, you want to get me read? Get me on that topic. I, I, I too many, Too many life experience. I've never touched it, but what I've seen with some of our clients, right? Yeah. So I'm absolutely for it, 110%, and I'm changing my opinion on THC. Because you can start using THCA now, which is non-psychoactive, and has tremendous benefits. Because Sorry, I missed that. THC what? THCA. Okay. So really, specifically, THC has to be heated, not to get too technical, right, to mo- remove the acid so you can have the bioavailable, uh, the uh, psychoactive. But yeah. now, if you can have THCA, right, yeah. which keeps the acid, and what it does you still have all the properties, but they're non-psychoactive. Okay. And I think that's where we're moving. We're moving at the forefront. So if you hear me uh, using THCA, there's a reason behind that. Yeah. And Chad, I want to be clear. You know, if you're going to be the the guy who recreationally use marijuana, that's your thing, I don't judge. I have nothing against that. I'm just right at the nucleus of looking at the health benefits of it. Right. Point simple. Yeah. Now, just like people that I know, they go on a Friday night to have a glass of wine, and you know what? I think it's better to to be smoking. I don't smoke. To be smoking anyhow, because I've never met somebody who's aggressive on dope. Yeah. You know, if you when we start having those areas, I'm sure there's going to be bars or whatever out there that people go to smoke or use uh, CBD. I doubt that we'll have the cops going there for bar fights. Right. But you and I comes from the same school of thoughts. Put us at 18 years of age with our mar- martial arts background. Two beers. Two beers. We get a little <laughs> bit hyper, right? So, yeah, that's... But again, it, it, I think that the edibles, as much we've invested in uh, edibles, Yeah. I'm very, very worried. And I'll say this as an investor, as a company right now, and I'll tell you why. Right now, if you're buying an ounce of wheat or marijuana or cannabis, however you want to call it, and it's home, yeah. one year every child eats it, finds it, eats it raw, mm-hmm. don't have to worry. Yeah. No side effects. But if my edibles are available and you have the active components in it, they see the jar of cookies right now, yeah. we got a big trouble. Right. So I think ourselves, the government are doing a good job. We need to keep educating and I think just like anything else, there's going to be some sort of abuse the first, the next six months, right? Yeah. But for most part, 
everybody seems to be on board, but I still think there is a little bit of ignorance of some of the side effect of it. And I don't think that we've had enough time and and giving the researchers enough leeway to go out. Like, this is brand new. So we're oh. going to see some amazing research coming out in the next few years on what the actual effects are of, of ingesting it or smoking it, um, what the effects of CBD and THC are. And uh, I've had the opportunity to meet uh, with a psychologist on the podcast that deals with PTSD all the time. And I know he's doing some reading on what uh, CBD and um, THC will do. Yep. There's also a ton of research coming in for um, uh, mushrooms, uh, psilocybin, sorry, uh, T, uh, LSD, um, ayahuasca, all these things. I heard that uh, uh, one of the major researchers in uh, um, mushrooms, I can't remember is, uh, the doctor's name right now, just moved to Vancouver from the States. So he knows something's going to open up up here, and we're going to see a lot more testing on that stuff. And I'm super excited about it because I think if we can get ourselves away from having pharmaceuticals every day for the rest of our lives, then we're going to see healthier people longer times. And genetically, I just, I'm scared when we see a whole generation eating like crap what are they doing to their babies? What genes are they passing on? And this is something I think that you can talk about coming from your family background to where you are now is that that's a way bigger leap to come from bad genetics into good genetics than it will be from everyone just staying with good genetics and we're, we're, we're growing our population in a healthy way. I'm going to do a bold statement, but it comes with research. Yeah. When it comes to pregnancy now and eating junk food, it's worse than smoking 20 cigarettes a day and drinking every day. We're malnourishing. Now in the womb, our babies have cardiovascular disease, wow. diabetes. Yeah. Uh, it has, you know, I think the whole genome thing, they're kind of uh, still in an infancy stage. Everybody's shooting the gun right now on, we have the research, we have the best lab, so forth. But I, I, still, I still think it's in the infancy and I don't want to really talk to it because I could sound like I'm an expert because I know a lot of the terminology. Yeah. And put it this way, even though I've been at the forefront of it for over 12 years, I've worked also with 23andMe, who does DNA testing, so forth, so on. I, from what I know, we still in the infancy. But what I do know clear is that a mother now that eats junk food, and you don't want to accuse anybody because they don't have this information. We're just getting now telling people that the more you sit, it's worse than, than smoking cigarettes. Right. Yeah. But again, there's all these people saying if you eat an egg yolk, it's worse than... Uh, there's a lot of <laughs> BS also. Yeah. But a mother who eats junk food right now, during the nine months, it's three times worse for the health of your child than if you're smoking 20 cigarettes a day and drinking alcohol every day. Well, you and I'm not saying to smoke and drink. Right. I'm just, every cell that that baby's made out of is being made with, with what you put in your mouth. Bingo. Right? And uh, um, when we breed... Um, unhealthy children and then they breed unhealthy children we just see a decline of a civilization so we need a cultural change across canada i think that's what you guys are aiming for right yes is uh having a whole cultural change and making sure everyone understands that yeah you know what maybe having mcdonald's every once in a while is not going to kill you there's no benefit in it but it's not going to kill you but if you're eating it two three times a week you got to really be looking at where your health is going well if you try to have perfection in your diet, you're going to be struggling because the first thing I tell my clients is, hey, Chad, if you and I are going to work together, you're working with a guy who has a lot of imperfection. Yeah. And I'm a product of 
many years of working on my health. Right. So we're going to start one step at a time. And they immediately, I tell them there's no restriction on our plan. Because the minute you tell them to have restriction, they're more craving foods anyhow. <laughs> and, uh, Don't push the red button, right? Yeah, but you got to have those dialogue to understand. Like, okay, Bruce said no restriction. I can have two pizzas this weekend. <laughs> but the clients who do better... Yeah. The clients who do better here at Simply for Life, it's very simple. It, it's so simple. You think about it, and and our competitors, because we're growing, our competitors are saying, okay, well, what are you doing? What is it that you took a, a $600 uh, a company to a $30 million company annually, and it's going to be a $50 million? We didn't talk about price. We didn't talk. My wife and I, we still live in the countryside. I'm a country boy at heart. I wear my rubber boots. My, <laughs> my toy is my tractor, right? And yeah. we have franchises. It's fantastic. But to get to the point of this is that we tell our clients, don't chase the scale. Yeah. If you scale, chase the scale, you're going to be miserable. Chase a feeling of feeling good. Yeah. And if you're giving yourself time, you will get there. If you're putting a timeline, you will put pressure and you will quit. Yeah. So if they can understand the meaning of what we're saying, and we have several dialogue, the client, over time, they make more progress. And here's the, the magic solution I haven't figured out. I'm sure there's a lot of psychological behind this, but think about this. The minute the clients start chasing the feeling of feeling good, and they don't look too much at the scale often, they lose weight faster. Yeah. The minute you have a, gl- a client that weighed himself every day, I'm only down two pounds this week, last week it was a pound, they, they talk the language of weight loss, Yeah. they become uh, too obsessive with that, and they get discouraged, and then to the point to say, screw this, what's the point, may as well start eating again, right? Right. So it's navigating the right words, and also giving them a new set of toolbox that's set for their personal life, but with their own scope of radar. Yeah. Because some of our clients may be like in the maritime, it's a very big thing. You get, buy your case of beer on Friday, you socialize with family. We don't really go out night clubbing. Well, I'm not too sure if this stuff still exists, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm in bed at nine o'clock every night. So <laughs> I miss that stuff. But really think about it. It's, it's a thing. So if their thing is to buy that beer, instead of having a 24, you buy a case of 12, yeah. you drink over the weekend, you have good meals. Some of them, it's potluck. They bring fudge, trees, like that. But they don't do it every day. Right. And here's the bulletproof of why our clients do so well. Because we get them so fixed on feeling good. You and I tonight, let's just say, like, hey, it's a good MMA fight. We're going to order some wings, a pizza, and uh, maybe a glass of wine, just for the heck of it, right? Yeah. We'll like it. It'll taste good. Because junk food always tastes good. But yeah. next morning, we'll feel like crap. Right. And because we're chasing the feeling of feeling good, not the scale, we're most likely going to get back on track. 100%. But if we're up five pounds, we'll say, wow, geez, yeah. <laughs> I lost three weeks of progress, right? It's the mindset. You have right. to change the mindset. The uh, It's interesting you bring up about the coaching because I know uh, coaching in martial arts and um, uh, in the company that I work for my regular job, I, I will coach guys and talk to guys. And what I realized, and maybe you can correct me on this, is that it's very difficult to get somebody excited about being on a program that they have to almost be pre-excited before they get there or there's not a whole bunch you can do for them if they come in going i can't do this and i can't do that and well you probably can't absolutely right that we we is there a coaching technique or uh something you guys use trying to get people more excited or is it really relying on them having the the due diligence. No, actually, believe it or not, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to have to describe a little bit our business uh, philosophy, my wife and I, and I got to give credit to, to Clint for our, our business uh, success. 
we the first year we have consultant coming working with us, we let them navigate. We have a set of a rules that it's not multitasking. We hire the right people. We find that are independent. Yeah. And it's so funny because, Chad, the first six months when we have the right people, they'll be like, okay, well, what's going on? They didn't tell me what to do today. No. <laughs> we want you to understand that we value, and there's a reason we hire you, because we want you to know that we trust you. Yeah. We have the right qualities and the tools that you possess to be a good consultant. But to get to your question specifically... The minute a client says, I cannot lose two, uh, I cannot go below 200 pounds, I say, okay, you cannot. Yeah. And they're like, what do you mean? If you don't change your story, you'll never be able to break that pattern. It's so true. So we do, and I work directly, uh, I can say this, I've worked directly with Tony Robbins. We uh, went to the Business Mastery, spent three weeks with him last week. I've been following Tony Robbins for quite some time. I'm going to do another empowerment uh, weekend with Simon Sinek. I'm not too sure you're familiar with. Don't know that guy. These are people that have the right leadership, the right words, the right state of mind, and they offer really coaching to a next level. Yeah. But to your question is, we also have a belief system within our organizations that when you have a client in front of you, beyond just talking nutrition, you got to treat them like they're friends and human. It's all about re- creating relationship. Yeah. And once you have the relationship create with them after three to six months, maybe I should not say this, I'm saying too much stuff, your client will start respecting you and doing more for you. Right. So our belief, as opposed to many of our competitors out there, they're all doing a wonderful job. Everybody in this field are doing a wonderful job. They're more like, okay, let's punch the nutrition. Let's punch really hard for a massive amount of weight loss the first three months. And guess what? People love it, but it doesn't sustain. We believe if we can transform our clients to have a really great relationship with us, no, we don't believe we have the track referred. After six to eight months, they start doing more for us. And actually, we use that to advantage because they'll feel guilty right now. They're afraid to disappoint us, right? (laughs) Because if you and I start hanging around, you're teaching me skills that you have in martial arts. That's great. I'm going to learn. But short along the line, if I'm not really passionate in two months or three months, I might say, well, I'm not going to come to my uh, appointment. You mind if I come next week and then I'll quit? But if you have a good relationship, it's fun, exciting at first, and we're really not putting a lot of pressure on weight loss, even though we want you to lose weight, then we create something that's pretty amazing because there's a shift that happens yeah. that collectively we've seen with our clients and our consultant relationship that now they're starting to bring the food journal and then they start asking the right questions. Awesome. We try kind of dissect them out of the track mind of solely weight loss because the weight loss industry, here's the dirty secrets. They want you to chase a scale. Yeah. Because the more you weigh yourself often, the more you will have a weight issue. Isn't that crazy? Well, and the weight, so it's a catch-22, right? When you have a weight issue, you have sadness, depression, anxiety. And so you eat the foods that feed sadness, depression, anxiety, and it gets worse and worse and worse. And all of a sudden, you get a couple days of good, and you check the scale, and you're like, woohoo, you're all excited. (laughs) I can eat again now. And then a bad day, (laughs) and then you're back in that same cycle again. So yeah, I can totally understand that. We had uh, a person on uh, a couple weeks ago. um, They do uh, a program called Infinite Journey that's launching. It's an online program. Um, where they they look at lifestyle coaching, nutrition coaching, exercise coaching, and it's all done in an app. And then what you're saying is kind of anti what they're doing because you guys are design or developing these in depth, deep personal uh, relationships with customers uh, or clients. Um, 
where you're expecting 10, 12, 15 years. There's no way you could do that on an app. I mean, <clears throat> if you're well-driven on your own and you don't need help, that app's probably going to be super beneficial for you. But people that need that guidance, need the accountability, and need the... The uh, human touch. The human touch. It's yes. uh, and, and let's not kid ourselves. There's some absolutely pretty amazing apps out there where we're becoming a dinosaur in our business because the way we create amazing relationship, the way we let our team the freedom of navigating at our own space, we do always a follow-up. The biggest follow-up we do with our consultant, our team is six months after because only then they're like, yeah, you were right. I got good relationship. Okay. Now let's talk about the whole anatomy on the art of consulting. We call it the art of consulting. Yeah. By then, they've already embraced, like, you know what? I appreciate you didn't put pressure on this client to lose 50 pounds, but I love to see her. She comes at two, and sometimes she comes twice per week because she brings me coffee. I set tea <laughs> for her. And that, I think, is our secret sauce. Yeah. And first, we have to prove in our culture that if we trust you, right? If yeah. we truly trust you and we let you be the person you are, this will enable you to really move forward with your clients. If we're too systematic with all these systems, then they're really not working in their own natural element. You know, their room the consultant has really is their room to run their own show of establishing amazing relationships. If I'm there every second day, how are you doing? How are you doing this? Like, look at this. I feel it's micromanaging, and I know businesses are doing great at it. We're anti-micromanaging us. Yeah, hundred percent. If they're not, if they're not learning and you know discovering on their own, then you have to micromanage them forever. And if they fall off, you got to do so much more work to get them back on. Yeah, and my peer and I got friends. It's funny. I have some friend in Quebec, and as much as I. I like to be an advisor and a researcher. I'm a very entrepreneur, and for me, um, you'll never hear me, and I'm not saying this by any means, saying anything negative of our competitors, so forth, so on. And matter of fact, I get some friends that are competitors to us, and I travel with them, and we <laughs> go, no, no, yeah, really, and yeah. I'm just that kind of guy. And I truly mean this. And one of my competitors a couple of weeks ago, he says, holy, geez, Bruce, you're missing out the boat because he, he's just been two years in business. Yeah. So his philosophy, he goes hard on his consultant the first six months because he wants to impress the clients to create a word of mouth. Yeah. I said, I get that. And guess what, Frank? I've, and Frank, sorry if you was listening to me. <laughs> Frank, I've done this at the beginning, yeah. create a name for myself. The problem is that I couldn't sustain it. Yeah. So sooner or later... That's the reason many in our industry are closing door, and it should never happen to close door. We have so much need of everybody get on board, change this crisis. But they go hard, they impress, but then they can't keep the momentum. This would be like me training you for a fight and expect you to be at peak like that all the time. Right. But if I gradually build your trust and report and we slowly get you there, you can keep the momentum. And I'm a philosophy simply for life yeah. is to work with your clients so they can establish this quality of life for the rest of their life, simply for their, uh, for their life, right? That's it, yeah. That's beautiful. I would love to see something more like this introduced into the school system. Um, is mm. this something that you've ever thought about or, or played with? We did 10 years ago, five years ago. I won't say it was reject. Uh, the school system, it's a whole... Um, yeah, it's a, it's quite the system. And I, I don't want to put everybody in the same box because 
Uh, school teachers are tremendously uh, supportive of our program. We have a lot of them doing across Canada. So we, we adore our school teachers. They're fantastic. So thanks for your support, everybody. But the school system is something else to come in. It's, it's well needed. We need to educate not only the school teachers, but the, the kids. Yeah. We need to have food look more fun. But there's an industry out there controlling us, and it's shut our, down many, uh, shut our doors many times. Yeah. So it's funny you're saying this. What we're starting to do, and it's going to be starting in January, we decide that we're going to start catering because of our market to when we have uh, parents and teachers night. So yep. if anybody listening uh, contacts Simply for Life and Airdrie, we want to basically come and give you your snacks, your f- meal, as long as you allow us 15 minutes to give you tips on how we can improve our children's quality of life by simply introducing key things like snacks, yeah. education, right? Having a better platform for them to navigate because there's many platforms out there too, chat. And again, the food industry knows how to talk, what to say. And they're selling the wrong ideas. What, what's scary to me with the, the, the generation, probably my generation and, and forward, is that the, the Dorito effect, that these companies that are producing uh, processed foods are actually studying the psychological response of the <laughs> flavors you're putting in your mouth. So trying to compete a carrot compared to someone that's like <laughs> dialed it in perfectly yes. um, is, is a difficult uphill battle. But I think if people truly understand the detriment of these processed foods in our regular life, you know what? If you're busy and it's Friday night, you need to order, order a damn pizza, but it can't be part of your everyday meal or part of your everyday life. And you know what, Chad? How can we compete with that? The best competitive advantage we have is to educate everybody one step at a time, but it's still not fast enough because those companies, what people don't know, a company like Coca-Cola, not to put them down, wonderful company, but they build us clients by the minute. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? But they also have brilliant chemists. They have people with PhD. They have some of the best marketing strategists, people on the planet. They can afford the best team you can imagine. We're still a small company. It might yeah. look like a big company. We're growing, but we're still a small company. Worldwide size. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So we have a giant. And when I say a giant, it's overshadowing us from... Every 100 clients that we change and reverse their diabetes type 2, and by the way, uh, with our program, you can reverse diabetes type 2 in less than three months, and blood pressure also, and cardiovascular disease, these are things. We don't just manage, we reverse it. Yeah. Uh, we're not talking type 1 diabetes, I'm talking type 2, so forth, so on. But for every 100 that we turn around, yeah. there's 5,000 new coming oh, on board. That's a lot. So, and we're talking Canada, right? Yeah. Not globally. So we're doing the best we can. We're transforming people's life. And you might hear all those successful stories and I'm hoping that's going to transport people to take action, small action that can significantly increase their footprint to have a better quality of life. But for every hundred we're changing, there's 5,000 that are adopting a, a bad, healthy lifestyle. That's an uphill battle for <laughs> sure. Yeah. So we're getting close to the hour. I don't want to steal up too much of your time, but if uh, you're obviously... Into, I'm good. This is easy. <laughs> uh, you're obviously into building franchises and getting as many people on board with the Simply for Life as possible. So how do people find out about becoming a franchise owner? Well, I'm going to say this clear. I'm an entrepreneur, yeah. but this is our baby, my wife and I. Yeah. Uh, we have 11 prospects right, right now for our new location, which is going to select three of them because we want to have the right people. Right. It's very important. And I say this in a humble way. Um, 
if you would see our house where we live, we're content. Uh, we have a decent house. But I'm okay, I'm okay with three meals a day. Yeah. I don't need six meals a day. <laughs> and I don't want to have... Uh, you don't need the yacht and the Ferrari. And no, no, no. I, I mean, we have some franchises sometimes. You think I work for them. And, and good for them. They like their toys. But for me... If I grow our business too fast, and we will grow our business, yeah. I know I'm going to have headaches. I know everyone in my franchisee right now. I know everybody who works for organizations. We have created hundreds of, of jobs. We have other business too. And we have values, my wife and I. And I'm not saying we had obstacles before. Four years ago, we had uh, four franchises that we had to get rid of. They were doing tremendously well, but they were the only game in town. Um, bad customer service. This is not who we are, and we're we're simple people, Chad. And I mean yeah. this in a very humble way. Uh, I like to talk to everybody. I'm a social butterfly, but at the same time, we want to grow. We have massive goals. We're going to grow, but we're going to grow with the right people. So if you have a nice checkbook, it doesn't mean it's going to qualify you. You got to be able to sit down and have coffee with us. And I have to be able to understand that, first of all, you had a health uh, issues. You had your own personal challenge. So we want people that can inspire people by saying, you know what? I know exactly what you're talking about because we've been there. Right. That's powerful. I think it's so important that uh, businesses don't just change their culture because of the times. Mm. uh, I think there's some power Mm. in creating a culture and sticking with it and growing that way. You know, a lot of, uh, well, businesses, churches, all this is like whatever the thing is going on right now, that's what we're going to go after, right? And they they make these massive changes. They're just not authentic anymore. When you, you know, if you guys all of a sudden said, okay, everybody's on the keto diet now across Canada, it might be good. It might not be good, but you know what your culture you're trying yes. to create across the, the country. So yeah. that's brilliant. And we take pride. Like uh, this afternoon, I'm navigating a couple of local farmers, butcher shop, because some of the food we have in our, our market will most likely come as much as we can from the 100-mile footprint. Yeah. Uh, Maybe a 120-mile footprint because there's one farmer. Yeah, he's, a, he's 210 kilometers. So, yeah, we're going to blow. But it's still in Alberta, right? Yeah. So for us, we're, we're having fun with this. Yeah. We're helping tremendously. And I say this, Chad, we're helping. I don't think in American times there's a more powerful force of nature because that's how they describe us now. And I'll take the, uh, the, the bragging rights to support our local farmers. Right. Everything we do, everything our clients eat, we connect them with our local farmers. So they're not eating food from feedlots, antibiotics, you know, and, you know, in the maritime, it's pretty amusing because they're saying they don't use any hormones. Yes, but you use anal- uh, analogs and insulin growth factor one. It does pretty much the same thing, right? <laughs> and you, you're milking your cows when they're pregnant full of hormones. Yeah. But again, we don't attack the farmers we just point our fingers to traditional ways of farming right and people can connect with them and at the same time it just strengths of who we truly are we're maritimers at heart and we don't want to lose that we need to be connected with people 100 so i'm really hoping i'm gonna put a plug in for a buddy of mine wayne hansen he uh, was on the podcast he runs your local ranch here in airdrie he's a local farmer a family-run farm here in town i know the simply for life at your guys's old location was running some of his products in their freezer so you're going to go meet him this week Yes, Wayne Hanson. Wayne Hanson, your local ranch. Hanson. Hanson, yes, yeah. yes, okay. Yeah. He's a very cool guy. He was on the podcast, I don't know, three or four months ago. So Nice, yeah, nice. Yeah. And to your audience following, one great website, if I, I attend six world-class conference per year, chat, and all of them have the same thing, whether in Europe or South America or here in North America. 
all of them, all their peer-reviewed data or, or research they have comes from non-influential data f- that are not tied in with the government agency, the food industry, the supplement industry, and the pharmaceutical industry. So we know the information we get is pure. And one organization I'm really a big fan on, I've been a member, I'm not pulling a plug because it's mostly volunteer, it's the Western A. Price Foundation. Mm. And I just collectively realize there's a fair amount of farmers here in Alberta are behind this movement. And they have probably one of the best sites for information that's true. You're not going to get a whole lot of things that's fancy on the site, but if you want to have meaningful, truthful information about food, traditional ways of eating, the Weston A. Price Foundation. Beautiful. Yeah, it is. And after that, of course, Simply for Life. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. Well, uh, I don't want to take up too much of your time, so uh, we'll we'll cut it off here, and hopefully next time you're back in uh, uh, Alberta that you come back on the show and we can talk a little deeper, see how the the cannabis is... uh, Blooming. (laughs) Yeah, how it's blooming, see how uh, we're doing here in Airdrie with Simply for Life. I heard you're starting another location, or hopefully starting another location here in Airdrie to to meet everybody's needs in town. So, Bruce, again, thank you so much for for coming and doing the podcast. I look forward to having dinner with you and your wife tonight. Oh, yeah. And uh, <laughs> hopefully we'll see you back. All right. Thanks, this, Dad. This is Chad with I Want to Know. Uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. Please check out Simply for Life um, uh, in your area and the company as a whole. And then uh, don't forget to log on to all the social media. Tell us what you think, what you love, what you don't love. Love you all. Bye. <laughs>